Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show we talk about certainty, a topic that feels more important today than ever before, but all in all, always an important topic. Today we got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself. Not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. Now, we do this show because a wise man once asked a question. If you look at the last three years of your business and took all the months that were negative and turned them into zeros, what would happen to your bottom line? And that's our good friend, business partner, Dan Nicholson, author of Rigging the Game. And uh, we are here to help you achieve financial certainty through real estate by rigging the game in your favor. Now, I'm also on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years if you'll take consistent action. Follow what we talk about on this show. You will become one. If you get value today, please subscribe right now so we can help reach more people. And as Paul and I are talking, we're going to say some things that might sound kind of off the wall, sound like we're speaking a different language. That's okay. All we ask is keep your mind open, keep the loop open, and it'll make more sense as we talk more through this. Uh, the title for today's show is Using the Four Lenses on Steve's Sales Team. A little bit different here. So uh, before we get into it, six-word update. What you got, Paul? Six-word update today is the man, the myth, the legend. So I am repping uh, my uh, my man Steve Trang's uh, swag here, Sales Disruptors. And, oh, man, just wanted to give a shout-out to you. You've made such an impact in, in my life, and uh, this show has been such a forcing function, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And I just I want to say thank you to you for that and excited to be able to talk about uh, all these topics with you and grow with you in business and to see all the people that you're helping in business. Yeah. So just big shout-out to you, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so my six word update is, um, why aren't you using the system? Cause it's really easy to look around and like, Hey, why aren't you guys doing this? And I was kind of sharing something with you and you're like, well, why don't we just use the four lenses? Like, I don't know. Why don't we use the four lenses? So the problem is we tend to make decisions without thinking all the way through. So last week we talked about the business treasury. I'm sorry. We're talking about Steve's business treasury. How we took all the concepts we've learned about business treasury and applying it to my wholesale business. Well, in the last couple of weeks, there's been a little bit of uh, a commotion, a little tumultuous. There were some conflicts and so on within our organizations. And basically, the team stated what they want, which I encourage because we do encourage healthy conflict within our organizations. Well, Steve, we want to see you running appointments. And I said, great. Well, let's do it. I don't know how it's going to happen, but let's do it. And I committed to it. I said yes without thinking about anything. So then I get on the phone with Paul. I say, like, hey, you know, I'm going to go out in the field again, but I'm not quite sure how this matches up with my solvable problem here. I'm genuinely not exactly sure is this right, is this wrong. And then you said – well, why don't we apply the four lenses? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why don't we apply the four lenses? That's a good point. I've got this literally on my desktop, uh, on, the, on my computer wallpaper. I got this as a background on my phone to remind myself to be restrained. But we have biases. I'm actually having Elias vectorize the image so I can put it as a poster in my office. So nice. before we get into it, four lenses. So we're going to talk about how we apply the four lenses in my, on my sales team. But before we even do that, what are the four lenses? Well, 
we talked about the solvable problem many times on this show. Yes. And the solvable problem is uh, designed to help us you know, achieve the first wealth commandment that Dan talks about, which is closer versus more. We want all of our actions designed to get us closer to what we want. <clears throat> and ideally, we're doing that with an orientation, as we like to say, towards the least amount of risk, least amount of effort, so that we've got the most amount of options. But here's the thing. When you start creating a bunch of options, now we need to figure out which option gives us what we like to call an asymmetric bet. Means that um, more often than not, if we choose this, we're, gonna, we're going to win versus lose. It's as simple as that, right? Asymmetric just means that you win more often than you lose. So wouldn't you like to take bets in your business that gave you the highest chance to win mm -hmm. versus losing? And not only that, when we have multiple things to compare multiple options or choices or you know pass forward, we want to try to pick the one that gives us the highest amount of asymmetry. Yeah. Right. And so when we're in, so we, we understand closer versus more, we understand what our solvable problem is. That's kind of step one. Then we start going out in business and doing stuff, right? And things come up and we have to start making choices. So what we're going to talk about today is this, this fantastic issue processor. Anytime you're dealing with an issue or a choice or a decision in your business, you should consider using the four lenses. Right. What it does is it's designed to create asymmetric bets inside of your business. And so we'll walk through that and how we apply that specifically for Steve when he had this uh, decision in his business. Sure, sure thing. So what's the first lens? First lens is what we call uh, a forcing function. And actually, that's what I, I mentioned earlier on in this show. Mm -hmm. What It's actually a little side note is this show has become a forcing function for me to, like you said, I think your six word update is like, why don't we use the system? <laughs> well, it's because it's not ingrained into our software yet. Right. Part of what this show does for me is it forces me to articulate this information. It forces me to have to use this in my business so that I can come back and share it on this show. And so the first step is, is this a forcing function? Is it going to force me to do something that I was going to have to do already? So right. Steve, with your scenario, um, well, why don't we go through all four of them and then we'll kind of come back through. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. So just, so to elaborate, just to elaborate, a forcing function is we're doing this because we had to do it anyway. So if we had to do it anyway, does this fall in that category so that to save, not necessarily save time, but if there's something we were going to do in the future anyway, if we do this right now, will this save us the effort in the future? That's the first question. Is this a forcing function? Exactly. Yeah. Another example might be um, you have to do your books. So maybe your question is like, should I hire this bookkeeper? And well, that would be a forcing function because you mm -hmm. have to do your books anyways. Right. Right. So this, the first one is a forcing function. And if you're following along the way that we'll show you guys how to do this. And if you um, if you want to, I don't know, Steve, what's the best way to, to do this? But if you guys find a way to reach out to us, we'll send you our little spreadsheet. But you can make this very easily if you just follow along. I just make a spreadsheet at the top. I write <clears throat> four lenses and then I make a line that says forcing function right under that. Uh, second lens here is time savings. So by doing this thing, is it going to save you time? Right. Pretty straightforward. And you can also quantify that. 
right? Like how much time would this save me relative to another choice or something like this? So that's the second one. Third uh, lens would be cost savings. So if I do this thing, is it going to save me money or, um, you know, expenses or things like this? Then the last one would be, is it a revenue generator? So if I do this thing, is it going to generate money? Right. Pretty straightforward, right? Pretty straightforward. Of course, not all of these. Um, sometimes you can eliminate decisions right off the bat by saying uh, just yes or no. But I also like to add uh, quantitative values to these. So like trying to come up with like how much revenue, how much time, how much uh, cost. Um, forcing function is kind of a yes or a no. Is it, is it going to force me to do this? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. uh, but so what we do is we just start, write those four things down in a column. And then up top, you might put your choices. So choice one, and then we would go through this process. So Steve, let's do this with you. What was the decision that you were trying to make? And I know you sort of said it already, but let's articulate it one more time. Yeah. So basically we're talking about closing leads, closing deals. So we're spending money on marketing, right? We're doing a lot of PPC in the Phoenix market and we're getting signed contracts, but we're not closing all of our contracts. And so then you got to sit down and evaluate it, right? Is this an acquisition problem or is it a disposition problem or is it an operations problem, right? Because there's no, there's no clear cut answer. And we pulled a ton of data. We did the compiling, right? Before we decided it's an organization problem, not a leads problem. And so then the solution that, to that was, well, you know, Steve, we could use a little more training. To which I go, how much more training do you guys need, <laughs> right? And it said, we would love to see you do this in the field. I'm the kind of person that doesn't back down very easily. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I'm out there in the field. Let's go, baby. Now, forcing function. Right? So that was a decision that we committed to without any filters, unfortunately, right? Why don't you use the system? <laughs> but the forcing function then, for me, when you ask me this question, is it a forcing function? Well, do I need to train my team? Yes. I think that's pretty clear cut. Whether it's these sales guys or future sales guys, I do absolutely need to sell to, to train my team. Um, do we need to close deals? I think that's going to probably fall later, uh, on a later one. Uh, so do I need to train my team? Yes. Do we need to create a library of material to train future salespeople? I said the answer is yes there as well. Do I need to create content? Steve Trang, the... God, it feels weird saying this, right? The guru or influencer. <laughs> Does Steve Trang need to create content? The answer is yes. I do need to create content. As, as a matter of fact, that's the number one complaint for the media team. Steve, we're not creating enough content. Um, and then, let's see. Are there any other forcing functions there? So, um, I'm, I'm sure there's more there. Um but I, I would say yes, we, we, we crushed it on the, on the forcing function component. Uh, oh, by draining your content, it creates more leads for our education side. Mm. I mean, yeah. And just right then and there, you know, this is a high leverage activity. Why? Because you are going to have to do all these other things and yeah. you can just repurpose it for all that other stuff. Right. So asking yourself, well, you know, it, it may seem like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this or I don't know if this is the right move. But it's like, well, I mean, you got to train your team. Yeah. And a lot of so one of the um, 
Dr. Jeff talks about allegiance capital. And one of the things that he says that a leader should provide to his team is a sense that they are one of us. Yeah. Like we talked about this on a previous episode. And oftentimes our, our, our team can feel like they're on an island and that we're up in this you know, ivory tower or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you make the calls. Mm. You do the work and then just send me the money when it's done. I'm going right? to cash the checks. Yeah, we want to cash checks. And it's like, hey, why haven't we closed more deals? You know, so, so you actually may not have a training problem. Mm-hmm. Your team just might feel um, they just might need a little dose of like, hey, let, let, let us see that he's one of us. Yeah, could be. And this is a forcing function for that. Yeah, definitely. No, they're going to see it because I've only talked about it in the past. Now we're going to witness it. Well, and we also have, uh, you know, part of why I'm wearing my, my sales disruptor shirt today. Uh, another reason is because like, uh, as let's just talk about the whole guru thing. There's this whole tendency for people to, to look at gurus and think of them as like, they don't do as much business as maybe they think they say that they do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's sort of like you're either a guru or you're a real estate investor. You don't see a ton of people who are doing both, but you do. Yeah. So part of this is like, how do we, uh, one of the adoption decisions, again, this is all probably foreign language to people who are listening to this for the first time, but we went through, um, stealth influence on a previous show. Mm-hmm. And one of the adoption decisions is observability. So for example, you are trying to sell, uh, sales training to people, right? right? Like you, you know how to do sales at a really high level. The question is how do we let other people observe that? And by doing this, by going out in the field, not only are you accomplishing training, you're going to be closing deals. You're going to be making content. Mm-hmm. You're going to be generating leads, but you're providing observability now to all the people who are sitting saying, should I pay Steve to have him come in and teach me how to do sales training? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great forcing function. Great forcing function. So it, it checked a lot of boxes. And just by going through that quick exercise right there, we were able to identify all these different ways that by doing this one activity, you can repurpose this in all of these, you know, other ways that you're going to have to do anyways. Right. Absolutely. So let's go into the next one. Time savings. The time savings. Is it saving me? I mean, how much time is this really saving? I mean, it really is just shortcutting. If, if anything, we're compressing time on training the sales guys, right? Because the intent is to bring the sales guy with me. So... We're not saving his time. Either he's going on that appointment alone or he's going with me. So we're not saving his time, but I believe we're compressing time because he gets to witness it firsthand how we run the appointments. What is the actual flow in a real-time dialogue versus you know a lot of what we're doing, which is the Monday morning quarterbacking. Hey, on this call, how come you said it this way? What was your thought process when you were saying that? Hey, I'll pause it. Hey, when the homeowner said that, what did you hear? Here's what I heard, right? We do the training, but it's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking. That's what we call the call reviews. I would hope that we're compressing time, that we're uh, saving his time, uh, his, his, his time to learn. We're rearranging the media team's time, right? Because I'm fully intending to bring a videographer with me to these appointments. Yeah. Well, let's back up too, Steve. Like <clears throat> something that was not mentioned yet is that, 
you've been having to rearrange your schedule for the last four days. Yeah. Right. You yes. and I have been talking about, hey, we got to move certainty talks. You've got to move part of the disruption. You've got to move some of your internal team mm -hmm. calls to make room for this. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that that's just a variable that we haven't mentioned here is you had to you had to um, use the investor frame, which mm -hmm. says knowing what I know now, would I would I choose to have this at Friday at two? Uh, I'm at two o'clock. Right? right. It's like, well, this is when you're going to be needing to go out on sales calls. So we have to move this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we moved it, and actually, so it does save the media team time. I was like, "Hey, we're think we're thinking about moving certainty talks from Friday to Thursday, you know, before or after part of the disruption." And before I even finished it, Manny is like, "Hell yes!" Like, <laughs> like why? It's like setting up the studio. It saves me time setting up the studio. If we have certainty talks and part of the disruption back to back, mm -hmm. versus, you know, taking the set down, putting it back together. So the media team's geeked out on putting those back to back. Yeah, but well, and. Okay, so tr taking um, uh, saving time, right? Uh, there could be a you could also make a case that your team needs training. What another thing we always say on here is familiarity breeds contempt, mm -hmm. which means like you are a nationally recognized sales trainer. Uh, does it mean that your team's going to take the advice from you? Oftentimes, Absolutely. they just might need to see you in the trenches with them. That's really all that it is. It's not a training problem, mm -hmm. you know. So like, it's the law of familiarity. Yeah, there could be another solution, another option to consider here, which is like instead of going out in the field, maybe you hire another sales trainer to come in. I've done that. That would also save you time. I've done that. So I want to say two, three years ago, we actually hired two years ago. I hired a sales trainer to come into my office and Summer, who runs our operations and looks at the finances, like, Steve, why did you spend four thousand dollars to have someone come into our office and teach them exactly what you already teach. And I said to her, because they're not listening to me. Like, mm -hmm. They've tuned me out. We're talking about the realtors at our brokerage at this time, right? But it's like, they stopped listening to me some time ago. I don't know exactly when, but they have access to, in my, not a humble opinion, in my opinion, in my unhumble opinion, um, I think I'm one of the best. And the team doesn't seem to act that way. So let's bring in someone else to say the same exact things that I say, and she was like flabbergasted. I spent $4,000 to have another sales trainer go into my office to teach my team. So yeah, she's, the law of familiarity. She, What's that? Yeah, exactly. She's got to learn about the law of familiarity. That's just what it is, you know? Yeah. It's like parents. Just you, somebody, somebody else says it. Your parents have been telling you for years, and then somebody else says it to you, and all, automatically it's this great idea. So Yeah, Same I mean, my mom you. has been right about so many things, but she clearly wasn't until I screwed up. Right, like she would say, "Don't do this," and I go do this. Like, oh, I guess mom was right. <laughs> so time savings. I mean, you know, it kind of depends on who. Also, like, what lens are we looking through? Meaning, are is this time savings for you? Mm -hmm. Is this time savings for your team? You know, where are we trying to affect? Um, so the decision was: Should Steve go out into the field? So the right. question is, is like, is this going to save you time by doing this? Yeah, I don't know. We're I mean, saving a lot of my time, but we're saving other people's time within our organization. Yeah. Well, so let's put it, let's, let's say like question mark by time. Yeah. Saving, I would right? say that's like a two out of 10. Yeah. I would say the forcing function is a 10 out of 10 or a 13 out of 10. I'd say the, the time saving is like a two out of 10. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll restate this, and maybe I already said this, but we'll say it again. Um, 
we we do the four lenses so that we can create asymmetric bets. Means oh. that we're this is more likely to work out. This is a this is a better solution than something else because it has more asymmetric uh, opportunities. Again, if you're not familiar with that term, it just means that like you you've got higher upside than you do downside um, and higher, lower risk than you do um, higher risk. Right. So in order to create asymmetric upside, the way that I look at this and the way Dan talks about this in his book is he says, if I can't, if we can't check three of the four boxes here, we just don't do it. We just don't do it. And it just eliminates a lot of decisions. Does this, does this check three of the four boxes? We already got an X by time savings. Mm -hmm. So let's 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 take a look at the other two. Sure. Cost savings. Cost savings. So is it saving me cost? Um, it's a lot easier to make the argument on on revenue generating. But where are we saving on cost here? Um, How about with training? I mean, this is kind of what we were just getting at. Mm -hmm. Like up to this point, what other option do you have with your sales team? Yeah. You know, it's like, what other options do you have? I mean, you could go out and hire somebody else. Yeah. Hire another trainer, put him in more training. You just told me that costs 4,000 bucks. Yeah. Just for a two day ordeal. Yeah. <clears throat> so your team needs training. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is, if you do this, is this going to save you money on training? Absolutely. Cause they get to see it. They get to witness it and process it. And all those things that we said post game, now makes sense. We can connect the dots, right? There's the, there's the seeing it, right? Like the idea, the philosophy, and then there's the feeling it, which is actually doing it, right? The uh, kinesthetic. So you got the visual, you got the audio, they've heard it, you got the kinesthetic, they've done it. But when they get to witness it, not out of theory, but in real world application. That's where we can bridge that gap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough one to check because usually, you know, in our business, we're making some form of investment. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's an investment of your time. Right. You know, so it costs you time. We already said it, it's not a time savings. It's going to cost you time, mm -hmm. but it might save it might build allegiance capital. Um, I also look at this as like, well, there's a relationship cost, right? Um, you know, uh, or an influence cost. This is different. And this is really more about fear of loss than it is gain. Right. But I am putting my reputation on the line. Right. So I'm investing my reputation. So maybe that's not the right category here. Right, but if I go out there and bomb, <laughs> that's going to be a massive cost and, and relationship capital. So this is probably not the right category, but I'm just kind of thinking through here. Well, I think if you're if your question if the original problem is like, should I go out on sales training calls? Should I rearrange my schedule mm -hmm. so that I have time to spend time in the field with the sales team? The reason why is because you had a conversation with them and they're like we just want to, what would help close more deals? Right. Well, you coming into the team, uh, into the field. Well, again, to me, that's a support, that's a training, that's a, uh, they don't feel like they have the right resources. In yeah, order there to is a feeling, like I said, there was some tumultuousness. There was a little bit of uh, uh, 
revolt isn't the right word, but there was a little bit of a morale crisis, just yeah. a little bit, right? And so it's like, yeah, you know, you say this, but we need more from you, the leader, to which I've been resistant to this for the longest time. I was like, how much more training do you guys need? <laughs> but yeah, we are resolving. Uh, so I guess it would cost me if I don't do this less, it would cost me even more credibility within the team if I don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, it would cost you credibility. It's going to cost you some form of resource to solve this problem. Right. Right. It might not cost and me so, money, but it's costing me something. Yeah. Um, so I would say by, by doing this, it is a cost savings because you're going to have to make some form of investment. In this case, you can just go spend your time, right? right? You just go out of the field. It's a massive forcing function because you're going to create content because you're going to create training documents because you're going to, um, be able to show uh, observability, which is a key adoption decision for a lot of people. They're mm -hmm. going to be able to see you doing this. It's much different than saying, I do this versus <laughs> like, watch me do this. Those right. are two very different things. Yeah. Um, and we, so and I, um, one of our most viewed videos was there was a night where Carlos was out and there was no coverage. I think he was going to a wedding or something. And I'm like, Steve, there's an appointment. We have no, no sales guys. Will you go? It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'll go. It was like a Friday night. And we brought our, our videographer and we just recorded the whole thing. And it was one of our most engaging videos uh, on Instagram and uh, in our uh, email campaigns. Yeah. I mean, that's what the data shows. And, and so that's like, like, in my opinion, it's a huge cost savings. Yeah. Uh, because the alternative is spending resources into your team and we'll sacrifice time in this case. Mm -hmm in order to save all those other resources in terms of money and lost credibility and lost all this sort of stuff that could leak out. Yeah. Before you go to the Last fourth thing, before we go to the fourth thing, I know this is not the right order to do this, but you know, it's kind of fascinating to me. You know, you got Parkinson's law and like, if you asked me three years ago, how busy are you? I was like, I am freaking busy. If you look at my calendar, I am insanely busy. Right. And then over time, I just managed to keep packing more and more things into my calendar. Right before you and I met, I only had one show: it was real estate disruptors. And then, bam, we added certainty talks and part in the disruption in a matter of weeks <laughs> apart. Right, so now we're creating shows three times a week. It's like, okay, now we squeeze those things in. And now, as a matter of uh, what's the word, the need, right? Going against again, going to Parkinson's law. Steve, we need more from you. Like, okay, but we need more from me. We need to pack in more things. I am somehow freeing up two days, not two full days, not eight hours each day, but about six hours on Tuesdays and Fridays to make this work. And it's like, it's amazing what can happen when something must happen. That's right. Oh man, that's so good because we create space for priorities and it's not a matter of, they call it like the 80, 20 rule mm -hmm. just comes to mind right now. Yeah. You know, um, we're doing all this stuff. Turns out 80% of it's not really moving the needle. It's really only the top 20% that really is. Yeah. And you just, you, that becomes more apparent when you're forced into it. You're forced to reevaluate it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Anytime someone says, you know, we talk about joining the whale club and they're like, oh, I'm just too busy right now to make time for that. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, <laughs> maybe you should consider it because that's exactly what we're going to help you do is figure <laughs> out how to like realign because, 
because busy feels productive, mm -hmm. right? But busy doesn't necessarily mean progress. Doesn't busy mean progress. Just, doesn't mean doesn't mean productive. Doesn't mean income. It's just dopamine. Yeah, that's uh, it's just dopamine. Yeah. So kudos to you because, you know, it was just like you just had to ask a few people, hey, can you move this? Can you move this? I need to move this. All of a sudden you got a whole free day in the mm -hmm. week. Imagine that. So. Yeah. And then if everything goes well, hopefully if everything goes well and we can maintain this, sustain this, then I'll only go on Tuesdays and then maybe I'll just work only four days a week. Yeah. Oh, you know, and we say work four days a week. What that does is it frees up eight hours in your week. To do whatever you want, to take, you know, uh, take the day off, work on a new project, build that asymmetric upside. Yeah. You know, do the fun side. stuff. Yeah, do the fun stuff. Whatever that means for you. It doesn't have to mean uh, do nothing. It could also mean build more businesses. Like a yeah. lot of us are, we like that stuff. Um, so it's all about playing your game. Right. Uh, all right. Revenue generator. How is this a revenue generator? I'm going to close more deals. <laughs> like I'm just going to. Uh, I feel very confident in my ability to close deals. So we're just going to sign more contracts, right? So it's going to be more revenue for the wholesale team easily. It's more revenue for my title business easily because I can direct title. Um, and then uh, it's more revenue for our education business, right? Because like, look, here's me doing it. Here's what we're selling you is you sounding like this in the living room. So yeah, the revenue, I think revenue is like a 13 out of 10. I think forcing functions a 13 out of 10 times a stretch cost is like kind of a stretch. So we got like two small ones. Or, I mean, I would still argue like cost savings. You're saving you. You have to do something to get your team. Yes. Right. And the alternative of what you're doing now is to do nothing or is to spend resources on getting them what they need yeah doing nothing is not an option the, the 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 conversations that we had doing nothing was absolutely not on the table yeah and you're saving on credibility with your team mm -hmm. and you're saving on the authority that you might i wouldn't say lose but i'm telling you man like when we talk about this offline there's just there's a lot of gurus who who like don't and there's a lot of good ones too. Like I, that's not a, a blanket statement, but I'm just saying that for you to, to have the influence that you have and run all these podcasts, there could be a very easy tendency for you to just sit back and be like, I did it for 10 years. I don't really need to do it anymore. You've built up enough track record, right. but your authority is going to slowly start waning. People are going to slowly forget. They're not observing Steve mm -hmm. doing these things. He's not, maybe he's lost his step. Maybe right. he doesn't quite have it anymore, right? This is like, you know, Steve stepping back in to the ring here and like mm -hmm. showing everybody, no, I can still fight. Like I know how to close deals and I'm going to show you how to do it. What that's going to do is it's going to increase your authority uh, massively, I would think. I would say so, right? If we get a videographer with me and me running appointments, it can't help but lead. I mean, if nothing... God, I'd be like mortified if it did not lead to an increase in sales and wholesale. I mean, that'd be an absolute abject failure. Um, but on top of all that, uh, it would lead to definitely a lot more credibility and authority in the space. Like, why would you get training from anybody else? It just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. I've actually, there's a, there's a large, large competitor on the sales training side. And like, Steve, you know, we're looking between you and this other company. Like, why should we go with you? It's like, I don't know. I mean, when you ask the other guy, when's the last time he closed a deal? What do he say? It's like, he's never closed a deal. I was like, well, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're just, you just launched your new sales disruptors, um, uh, talk about that for a second, because this is a forcing function for that as well. Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, it's actually, it's kind of funny. I just had an epiphany this morning. I wish I had this epiphany much earlier. Um, uh, had an epiphany this morning, you know, um, I was going through, I was speaking at someone's event. I was just catching up on, 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 you know, how to present on stage because I feel like we can always get better. And I just happened to click on an article and spin selling, you know? And then click on the article it's been selling. I was like, this is really good, right? I read this like 13, 15 years ago as a realtor. And it didn't really matter that much as a realtor, the spin selling. It really doesn't, right? Situation, problem, impact, and um, is it next steps? Was, yeah, I, I think so. Right, but whatever the spin is, right? Um, showing houses listing houses, it really wasn't that impactful. Like what people don't realize is that realtors are really good at marketing and negotiations. The sales part, kind of suspect, right? And so I read all these sales books all these years and it wasn't until one thing happened that kind of pieced it all together. And it was I actually hired a sales coach and I was trained in a little mini mastermind. So I joined a sales mini mastermind and we learned from the front and just as important, we learn from the side, right? Here are other people in the field running their appointments. Here are the objections they're running into. How are they overcoming those objections? And that's exactly what we're trying to do inside the community, right? Inside the community, we're offering everything we've ever sold on the sales training side already there the moment they sign up. But what's more important is to have the materials there to learn from the front right? Like this, the, the theoretical philosophical stuff, Ian to run two live trainings a week so he can address people's issues uh, as a community leader, but then having sales assassins across the country supporting one another, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just funny. I, I didn't have this epiphany until this morning, considering I launched a community last week and we've been working on it for a couple of months, but yeah, the, it's great to have all this information, but it doesn't come together until you have the people support system around you to help you implement and execute what you're learning from the book. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, a lot of this is experiential, like sales. There's so many books on sales and, um, you know, I'm, I've read a lot of them as well. I'm sure you have too. Yeah. Uh, but there's classroom learning and then there's in the field learning, like mm -hmm. sitting and, and we negotiate belly to belly, yeah. you know, um, which is <clears throat> the highest leverage. I, that's, that is the highest stakes, like sitting in front of a distressed homeowner. That is one of the, I mean, I got news for the people who are doing this. That's a tough sale. Yeah. Like your team is probably feeling the stress. Like it is, because it's a tough sale. It's a tough sale. So, and, you know, I'm biased here. You know, I, I can't speak for other industries. But when I first got into the business, I was told that real estate's the big league of sales. 
it's like, well, that seems pretty boastful. Like, where do you get that? Now I'm in real estate, but like, you know, where do you get that from? It's like, well, look, in real estate, you don't have to sell them today. You got to sell them today. You got to keep them sold next week. You got to keep them sold for 30 days. You got to keep them sold through all the challenges of an inspection and this and that. If it's a six-month listing, you got to keep them sold on you for six months. This is not a buy a car and you drive off the lot and we're done. There's not a computer, not a camera, right? Like this is this is managing people's emotions, managing their expectations, and keep them keeping them focused uh, with the end in mind. It's a different level of sales. It is, and you, as the leader of that community, it's your responsibility to get better every yeah. day. Right, you have a oblig an obligation, just like we have an obligation to the members in our community, which is why we do this show. It's a forcing function. Mm -hmm. Like you've put, you've built a community around sales. Okay, I wouldn't join a community with someone who wasn't continuously working on their craft. Why? Because it's constantly changing. The landscape is shifting. How to negotiate the markets? All of these different things are always shifting. So you oh, yeah. got to have somebody who's working on their craft. And, you know, that's a forcing function that we also didn't mention here is like, mm -hmm. you've got to be a better sales trainer to help your people. What's the fastest way to do that? It's not by prop. It's probably not by reading another book. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's you know? uh, if, you can, can you, if you can just imagine, right. If you took a wholesaler from 2021 and just transported him to today, it's like, all right, go out there, go execute your business. <laughs> Good luck. Seriously, <laughs> very different landscape. So, you know, it, and, um, you know, let's, let's tie this all back into the four lenses here because we checked off a lot of uh, tick marks on a forcing function. Mm -hmm. Well, and let me back up, you know, you're, I would imagine, I, I, I know this because we were talking about it. Your gut reaction when you brought this up was like, I don't want to do this. Well, I wasn't sure if this was in line my, with my solvable problem. Like, I was challenged by my team and, you know, just being the idiot that I am, right? You get challenged, like, watch me. Right? Right. We're, not sure, we're not sure if you can still do it. Watch me. I'm going to show you, right? So sure. that was a very guttural reaction. And then you think back, well, I know I said I was going to do this, but how in line is this with my solvable problem? Mm. I'm not sure. Let me ask Paul. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, is that reaction of watch me. Mm -hmm. That's not in rigging the game. <laughs> which side of the brain is that? Is that the human <laughs> mindset or is that the champion's mindset? Definitely the human mindset. Right. That's because the reptilian brain. The human mindset gets first dibs. System one brain gets first dibs. The emotional reaction mm -hmm. that you had in that moment was system one brain. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that like we can't trust it. Like yeah. it's highly emotional. You wouldn't trust that side of your brain. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do? We process it through a system. Right. So we have what might look like for some people remorse. Did I make the right decision? When I signed that agreement with that person, did I make the right decision? Let me call my trusted advisor, Paul Sparks. Hey, Paul, here's what I did. I'd like your opinion on the matter. That's exactly what happened here. Yep. I mean, it's like we just went through it. So it's a forcing function for all of these different things. And I mean, honestly, right there, that probably justifies doing it. 
Yes. Because you're going to have to do all these other things anyways. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just one thing. It's training. It's closing deals. It's making content. It's building authority. It's generating leads. Right. It's demonstrating, you know, building allegiance capital with your team. There's all these things. It's You're going to have to do those anyways. Right. And so if I don't do it this way, I might have to do multiple things to, to, to do the same thing here. Yeah. So you tell me what's more asymmetric, doing one thing that gets one outcome. That's the first option. Second option is you do one thing. And because you did that one thing, you get all these five or six other things that you were going to have to do anyways. That's what we mean yeah. by asymmetric. Yeah, that's it. That is, that is at its core asymmetric. One so thing, it's, yeah. it's forcing solution for all those things. Not really a time savings, you know, maybe in the long run, maybe in certain areas of your business, but certainly not for you. It means you got to, you got to do something that you weren't already doing. Mm -hmm. But what you probably did is you just cut the bottom 10 to 20% of the stuff that you were doing that you were like, you know what, now that I'm forced to have to do this, I'm, I got to make room for this. So what can I actually get rid of mm -hmm. or what can I move? And all of a sudden, Parkinson's law, we figure out how to make room for it. Imagine right. that. Yeah, imagine that. So time savings, not really. So we'll, we'll put that as an X. Mm -hmm. Cost savings, I think we established you're going to save on the resources you would have to spend otherwise, right? Which is kind of unknowable because how much money do you need to spend? How much, like, what can you provide to your team so that they feel like you're one of them mm -hmm. without doing this? It's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. And, and then the other options is hire another trainer. It's like going through this thing again, right? Or Spending just money. hire everybody and, and restart again, and that's going to cost a bunch of money too, right? And time. Yeah, and time. So that's not a great option. No. Um, and, of course, we said you're going to save on credibility with the team mm -hmm. because you're probably – losing credibility with the team if they're feeling that way and they're right. saying that to you they don't feel like they're getting the resources they need to be successful whether they are or they aren't is not really the point that's not how they feel right um, and that's what and we so talk about right as far as uh, connection and communication doesn't matter what my intent is my intent is more or less irrelevant to the conversation that's right. how are they feeling and experiencing the situation that's that's their reality and perception is reality. 100%. And you're going to save on authority as a quote guru mm -hmm. that, you know, the, the cost of not doing this potentially is that uh, people don't have the observability of uh, maybe maybe Steve's washed up. You know, maybe they didn't see that last video mm -hmm. that you made and it's just been a while. All, All right. they see is your content on podcasts. They listen to certainty talks because everybody should be listening to certainty talks. Uh, and they don't see you doing what you are best at, which is and what you're most known for, which is sales. So yeah. by doing this, you're going to save costs on the authority uh, that you might be losing otherwise. Absolutely. And then, of course, I don't think we need to hit revenue generator. Clearly, you're going to go in there and you're going to close all sorts of deals. Yeah. It's going to generate... Like we said, this observability, which is ideally going to lead to more business in your sales, uh, you know, training business and all the other things that you're doing. Right. Um, obviously, it's a revenue generator. Anything we're missing there? No, I think that's pretty much that pretty much captures it. You know, um, like some of these thoughts I had in mind, it's like, well, if I agree to this, like, what am I uh, was it looking like? But there is like a gut feel. There's like approximations. And then there's like 
here's how you freaking do it. Here's what you look at. Here are the questions you ask yourselves. And after you exercise those, you, after you go through this exercise, you're either going to feel really good. Yeah, I made the right choice. Or you made the wrong choice. You better go clean this up. Best practice probably is before making a major commitment is actually go through the four lenses. Yeah, and we say build the case. Yeah. And in this case, the C of compile is the four lenses. Mm -hmm. Well, what does the data say? Because our gut reaction is either, it's, it's going to be the, the bias that we're most prone to. Mm -hmm. See, I'm lazy, Steve. My bias, if my team said that to me, is like, ah, I don't want to do that. It means more work for me, <laughs> right? Um, Your bias is like, watch me. Like, don't tell me I can't do something. Yeah, well, there was the case though. There was the compilation, right? Or compiling data, because we did go through every PPC lead, right, for 2023. We went through and looked at how much we spent each month, how many leads we got, how many opportunities we got, how many contracts we got signed, how many closed. We went through that whole exercise. I was like, okay, so then looking at this data, PPC is not the answer, looking at this data. But like, ah, I'm dissatisfied with this answer. We need a little bit more data, right? So like, go to the team. Hey, how come we're not closing any PPC deals? Like, we've got eight contracts. What happened to those? Well, some of them we locked up too high, okay? And then we got complaints. Like, some of these are listed. Some of these bought in the last few years. All right, let's review the data, right? Half of them are listed. That's, if you're going to go, if you're going to base leads on the difficulty, I think that's just, you're not a salesperson, right? So like, <laughs> you looked at the difficulty of the leads. Okay, that's, that's not really an issue because difficulty of lead is not a problem, right? Um, so we go through that and then we say, okay, well, here are the, of the eight that we weren't able to close, did someone else move them? And we looked at it and the answer is yes. So if we contracted it and then we couldn't perform and someone else contracted it and they were able to perform, that's an us problem. That is not a leads problem, right? And so with that data, that was the C. We compiled the data, we analyzed it, we're dissatisfied with it, compiled it again, analyzed it again, and then the strategy was, all right, Steve, you're going out in the field. Like, okay, and then that's when we went through the four lenses. Yeah, it's, it's literally exactly how you do it. Um, you, you, you've identified some issue inside of your business because you've taken the time to compile the data. Mm -hmm. And before we jump right to the first strategy that our bias leads us to or, you know, recency bias, the first idea that we heard. So now we're, you know, kind of biased towards that. This is what we mean is these biases creep up everywhere. So that's why we have frameworks and processes, because otherwise we're going to end up making decisions inadvertently because of the human factor in the equation, right? Which yeah. is this between the years, you know? And so that's, that's the perfect application for the four lenses. We've compiled the data. This is what the data is telling us. Now we need to compare strategies. So, you know, we did this for just one option. But what I like to do is, and, and this is a great, you know, kind of way to demonstrate this, but if you're, if you're listening to this and maybe you're considering multiple options, like I don't know which one to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? The four lenses is going to help you take the time to slow down and really dive deep. You know, we just spent an hour, 45 minutes on this podcast going through something that could potentially 
generate tons of revenue, be a forcing function for all of these different things, you know, cost savings, all, all that, this, that, and the other. And it could have saved you, you know, you could have gone in a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, so point is like how Steve, so if, if somebody else is out there and they're going through, they've, they've done, they've slowed down, they've collected the information, you know, what's the best way to proceed when they're considering all these different strategies? Um, I mean, I think after compiling, he's got to analyze it. And this is the hardest part, especially because we're, we're, we're so geared to move fast, right? Restraint is not a word that we liked, right? So I think looking at this, compiling, analyzing, then coming to the strategy, and after coming up with the strategy, execute, which we're moving forward Tuesday next week. I'm going out in the field. Um, and then if this, if these concepts are unfamiliar for you guys in any way, right? I mean, we highly recommend rigging the game. Uh, rigging the game was a big hit at CG Select this week. Uh, we had Mike Kehoe win the best of the belt, or he won the belt best presentation in the room, which is pretty awesome. I, there was a lot I didn't know about Mike uh, that was really cool to learn. But he got the best presentation, and he basically talked about how his lack of having a solvable problem, his lack of doing a case led to some really major significant personal implications, right? So you kind of shared yeah. that. So, uh, so rigging the game was a big hit. Um, it was brought up over and over again. Certainly helps. I got to present on the main stage and in the hot seats, um, but then Mike as well. Um, so rigging the game, uh, obviously this podcast here and then, you know, realestatecertainty.com. Uh, I don't know if, if they can still talk to you, but if they can't, Definitely take advantage of that because we're starting next week. And I don't know if that's going to be on the table anymore yeah. after we start next week. Um, I, I would say those are the best places to, to get, figure out how to execute case. Yeah. Well, and we have to mention that there's been three presentations. Uh, we're obviously we're members of Collective Genius and we're big fans of that mastermind. Uh, and there's been three presentations on certainty, solvable problem, business treasury, stuff like this. The first was when I presented on business treasury. I won the belt. Mm -hmm. Second time was when you presented at CG Premier in was that December. Um, and you presented on solvable problem. And I got the best of the presented belt. on solvable problem. Best of the five rooms. One best. Yeah. So best presentation out of hundreds of people in that. Yeah. that room maybe not hundreds of presentations dozens certainly yeah uh and then the most recently this last trip mike presented on how he's applying rigging the game as an operating system for his decision making in his life and he talked about you know the impact that that's made i, I wasn't there but um obviously he won the belt mm. so there's a reason why <laughs> every single time we present on this it ends up winning some award why because the the information here is extremely powerful the people who have slowed down taken it and implemented it into their life are getting massive massive benefit so all the things that you just mentioned there i couldn't agree more best places to start go read rigging the game for god's sakes you haven't mm. read the book yet why not right read the book right. it's amazing it's going it's 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 a Wall Street Journal bestseller for a reason. It's it's making a massive impact in people's lives. So yeah, just another plug for that. Um, continuing to listen to this show, we're doling out the information, but how it's applied to our life and business. That's the kind of the point in this. So also, if you guys have any other suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more, you're struggling with 
issues inside of your business and you want to hear maybe how we would apply certainty to that, you have two options. One is you can drop comments for us on the YouTube channels. We're going live right now. You can put six word updates. You can leave comments for us. If you have issues, things like this that you're dealing with, you have uncertainty in your business and you want to get clarity and certainty, drop some comments in there. If you're not super comfortable with that, but you want to spend time with me directly, I'm still doing these uh, certainty sessions, right? Where I'm literally just listening to what people are dealing with inside of their business, giving them some practical tools that they can apply right away. Um, and yeah, I'm still doing that. I'm, I'm getting a lot of value out of it. It's, it's still a forcing function for me, yeah. right? So if, if you're struggling, you have questions, or maybe you just want to get some tools so that you can build a more reliable business. Maybe your business is, is healthy, but you want to figure out how to like maybe remove yourself from it. Or another thing, common thing that we see is people that are just bogged down with too many meetings. You got all this stuff that you're doing, right? And you feel overwhelmed by your business. Certainty helps with all of that. So I encourage you guys, a couple things, pick up rigging the game, keep tuning into this show. Let us know what you want to hear. We want it. We want to solve your problems live on this show. So let us know what we can do to help. And then feel free to book a call with me if you want to get some specific tools to implement for your business directly uh, right away, you can go to realestatecertainty.com, click that little button there for the certainty strategy session. And I'll spend some time with you showing you how to use these tools inside of your business. Awesome. Perfect. So I think hopefully, you know, last two weeks, hopefully I'm not boring the audience, right? But we got to share how I'm implementing business strategy from a business. This week we talked about how we're going to implement me going out in the field and how we apply rigging the game principles into my business. And Man, like I feel so much better with the decisions I'm making now versus being reactive before. Right. So, yeah, you can feel confident step forward because you actually have consistent frameworks to process your, your thoughts and your decisions through. So, you start making more consistent decisions as opposed to just like winging it, whatever kind of feels right at the time doesn't yeah. always get you where you're trying to go, as we know. No, it definitely does not. So, again, hopefully, you guys got a ton of value. Uh, then, uh, Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Uh, we might, we haven't come up with a topic yet, but I do know we want to get our friend Jason Lewis on here. So I got to talk to him and see if he wants to come on. So, but definitely looking forward to seeing you guys next week.